Hey everyone, we're here, ready to go, a little later than normal, thanks to Man in the Michigan Hat's lengthy work trip, but that's alright, we forgive him, at least for now. Um, but on this episode, you can expect a lot of the usual, your vent sesh, a lot of NFL talk, a little bit about baseball and basketball, we have draft days, haven't done one of those in a while, we have a Mad Lib, we do those all the time, and we have an airing of grievances, so please buckle up, strap in, and other cliches about getting yourself ready to listen to this episode. Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. are the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I am your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious, what has your self riled up today? feelings boy let the hate flow through you yeah so um i'm gonna start the podcast off on a pretty like down note Mm. um and then that way every it can kind of just kind of go up from here um but it's event sesh so it's the appropriate place to do this um so the blackhawks host a town hall style press conference um every year apparently that's news to me but apparently they do that and they're doing that they did that tonight um this is on wednesday february 2nd that i'm referring to and anyway um mark lazarus who writes for the athletic about the blackhawks he asked a question about the kyle beach situation which Kyle Beach was the John Doe in the sexual allegations case that came against the Blackhawks that saw the departure of uh, Scott Bowman or Stan Bowman. I'm sorry, Stan Bowman and some other staff members and has seen some significant change in the team. And a lot of that change hasn't necessarily been because they're looking for an improvement it's more has been out of the necessity of supporting this player and the law <laughs> so um anyway mark lazarus he basically asked a question about what are you doing for your current players who maybe are still affected by it by this case or who are who have concerns about this happening again or something like that hmm. and rocky Wirtz, who is the owner had a, a response that was a really bad look and i have the video it's about a minute long i'm gonna play it here some of the audio isn't great 
but you should be able to hear most of it. powerlessness of a player in that situation so what are the blackhawks doing what have the blackhawks done what will the blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again i'm going to answer the question at the end. i think the report speaks for itself the people that were involved are no longer here we're not looking back at 2010 we're looking forward and we're not going to talk about 2010 i i know and i'm not either and we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. And I think no, I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. How is it not my business? Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now, we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? Do you hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. Okay. And there it is. Yikes. So, in that in that scenario, you can find this video. It's posted all over Twitter. I have retweeted. Um, but, so... Rocky Wirtz specifically says, I would like to answer that question. So they turn on his microphone and he starts with his answer. And I think his answer at first is not awful. It's not good, but it's not like as bad as it ends. Mm-hmm. And he's just basically like, look, we're looking for, we're looking towards the future. It's like, okay. Mark Lazarus responds and he's like, I'm not talking about 2010. I'm talking about how you're using what happened in 2010 to inform to move forward like you just talked about right and that's when rocky like loses it and starts going off and then he there's a break in the conversation danny wirtz who is rocky's son and who has taken over as like the the chairman and like team ceo and president so rocky is still the owner but danny's basically the decision maker danny chimes in and he's just like i I know, like, what basically my dad said this, but I can also address what we're doing in the future. And then Rocky's like, no, it's none of their business. It's none of their business. And then that whole thing about it being none of their business, like, he basically totally undermines the whole organization. Mm. This this dark stain on the organization, First of all, it should never have even gotten there, and if it would have been handled properly in the first place, we're probably not talking about it now, 12 years later. And at this point, if you want people to move on from it, you're drawing more negative attention to it by remarks like this. Mm-hmm. When you are so vehemently like fighting back at somebody who's bringing it up, I, it's a fair question it wasn't it wasn't like mark lazarus was asking it to try to get a rise out of him or something like right. and even if he was you are a figure in the public eye you should be able to have the restraint to hold back some of those thoughts instead of snapping back at a reporter like that um but the bottom line is is that it it paints a really bad picture of the Blackhawks because it kind of gives this picture, at least to me, that basically they didn't learn anything from the Kyle Beach scenario because he's basically just like, 
look, it happened in 2010. We've dealt with it. Let's move on. They don't want to learn from it because if mm-hmm. they if he did learn from it, he would have an easy answer to say, yeah, this is what we're doing moving forward. Yeah. But he didn't. He just wanted to sweep it under the rug. It's over. We fired the people we were told to fire, and we're done with it. Like, that's very much the vibe I get. And it's just bad. It's bad for the – it's bad for Kyle Beach, and it's really bad for the team and the players. I mean – the NHL is not nearly the same as the NBA or the NFL or the MLB, but like those other three leagues, we talk a lot about how you want to make your team seem attractive so that free agents and big names go there. Well, mm-hmm. the Blackhawks are making – nobody's going to want to play for the Blackhawks if you're not willing to even protect your players from yeah. sex crimes. Like, So mm-hmm. it's a very bad look, and – it's it's an it's embarrassing to be a Blackhawks fan right now because they're also so bad and it's hilarious it's it's honestly a big comedy right now because you had that buffoonery happen and then like two hours later the puck dropped on a Blackhawks wild game and right now the wild are clowning the Blackhawks to nothing so it's like the perfect storm yeah it's like. <laughs> Okay, you wonder like how many of this these conversations went on behind the scenes to where he's just I'm fed up with this. We've talked about this every day for the past three weeks, and so it's like on one hand you can kind of relate to. I'm sure he's just tired of it, but firstly, there's no excuse to do that. Like you just that's part of a scandal like this is you have to just take the medicine and deal with it and mm-hmm. until it's over and just always be sensitive to the topic. And secondly. You're in a press conference, right? It's the NHL. How many people are going to really microanalyze the press conference? If you had just went through and phoned it in and given very simple answers, nobody would have even known this happened. Like you said, you just found out about this. The only way you can mess up a press conference is by badly butchering your answer to the point where now everyone knows about it. If you had responded and just said something super generic and boring – we are doing everything possible to make sure this doesn't happen again. We have been adding procedures, like just something like that. People it'd on, be a boring answer and no one would have cared. But because on Twitter, you... <laughs> people on Twitter have never seen tweet about the Blackhawks in their life like, tweeting about this. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like you did the one thing you can't do in that press conference, which is make it a big story. Mm-hmm. If you had just, just said like – what said anything like oh we're working on some internal procedures we're taking this very seriously we will do everything we can to not let this happen again like the most cookie cutter just copy paste any other buddy else's apology and put it in there and no one would have cared and and it's one thing when george mccaskey has a really bad press conference right and he's just talking out of his butt cliches and everything he, yeah it's clear he doesn't know anything and that's, that's because different. in the nfl your press conference and stuff do get a lot more attention anyway, you know. But but that's different than this because this is literally dealing with a an issue that had legal ramifications. Yeah. That was like there was a there were crimes that were committed under your watch on the team, and the the press is simply asking the question, "What are you doing moving forward to make sure that doesn't happen again?" And the fact that you don't have, like, honestly, at this point, it's been like five months or whatever since the decisions were made and the firings were made. Maybe not that long, three months. Mm-hmm. But the point is, it's been plenty of time. You should know what you're doing moving forward. 
If somebody asks you that, it should be an easy answer. This is what we are doing to change that. Yeah, and if you don't want to get into details because you have some kind of view, oh, it's not their business, just say something. Like, don't be hostile about it. Just say, yeah. hey, we're not going to get into the details right now, but we've been working with law enforcement, with the league. Exactly. We like the direction we're going. We've laid out a very clear seven-step process, which I'm not going to get into the details, but like, we're making big steps to make sure this doesn't happen again. That would have been a very good answer. You know, you could even just make the number up and not even have a step-by-step and just say, we're not going to share it, but we have a very detailed plan. Instead, you've come out and made it very obvious that you're not treating this the right way, you know? So yeah, that's not a good look, but nope. just in general owners, I'm, and I've said this before about the Lions specifically, I'm always shocked at how bad owners are when you get them in front of a microphone for like the majority of sports teams. Yeah, You'd think, I think it's because they're so insulated yeah. as an owner that they just don't know how to talk to people normally anymore. And they just, like they don't, they're just very out of touch, I think, people normally. But I'm just shocked at how many owners constantly will get in front of a microphone and prove that they have no idea what they're talking about and don't know how to just communicate like a normal person. So biggest exceptions, Derek Jeter and Mark Cuban. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's like that's the exception. Is when you have a an owner who actually seems like they have a clue what they're doing and that they're a, a normal competent adult. <laughs> yeah. So, unlike the owner of the Green Bay Packers, which is <laughs> everybody in Wisconsin apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, whoever the owner of the Packers is, is yeah, been doing a very bad job, honestly. Yeah, they, suck. they might want to look into that. Yeah. yeah. Um well, my vent, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit cuz we're going to talk about what I had written down here in a little bit. But you mentioned this at the top of the show, we're pushing this episode back a little bit because I had a really long road trip. <sighs> So I had to drive from Indiana to Colorado for a work pickup, um, which I don't mind. I don't mind driving, but it's a 15-hour drive when the weather is good. And on the way back, I was driving into the quote-unquote storm of the year or whatever where we're supposed to be getting like a foot and a half of snow. And those last few hours of the drive going 20 miles an hour down the highway, I left Colorado in the morning at like, 10 a.m. and I got back home at 6 a.m. and drove all the way through the night. That was one of the worst drives I've had to make in my entire life. So again, it's fine. I don't mind doing trips like that sometimes and I've worked a lot of way worse jobs and worked way worse hours. So I'm keeping it in perspective, but I'm days you like that remember the drive after all the weed you smoked <laughs> yeah those dispensaries are something else yeah but man that was just being up all night already really tired and then trying to focus on the road going 20 miles an hour in the snow is just like one of those experiences that just yeah makes you done, hate everything that's going on and i've done some late night drives and i've done some long drives but i've never had to do one as long or overnight without at least another person that I can either yeah. talk to or that can cha- like take turns driving with me. Yeah. And, and bad weather on top of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's just sucks. That's probably the worst drive I've ever had to do. Yeah. So uh, total, I was in the car. Is it 19 hours of driving on yes. the way back? And I had the day before just done a 15-hour drive. <laughs> so brutal. 
Um, so yeah, that's my, that's the reason this episode's late. That's my vent sesh. And so, uh, if I, if I seem like I'm out of touch with any news events that's happened in the last couple days that we're going to be talking about, that is why, because I, (laughs) it's interesting because you spent, you spent only a little bit more time in the car than the amount of time that Jim Harbaugh spent with the Vikings on an interview today. (laughs) Yeah. It was reported that he spent and he spent nine hours with the Vikings for an interview, hmm. which is interesting because the day before it was reported that Patrick Graham spent nine hours with the Vikings for an interview, which maybe the of, reason nobody wants to go to the Vikings is because it takes them nine hours to do something that should take an hour. <laughs> I, uh, so there is that. I tweeted out earlier. Let me find it. Um, I said. I said. Vikings only do nine-hour interviews. It takes a long time to defend Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond's <laughs> quarterback room, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, normally it's like, hey, do you want to do a lunch interview? And the Vikings invite you in. Hey, we're going to do a breakfast, lunch, and dinner interview yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to be here for the day. Yeah, um, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, so <clears throat> in the end, yeah, we'll, we'll just start there. Talk, our first main topic is NFL coaching carousel that's going on, so... There are current. I think the number I heard was there were nine jobs open at the beginning of the coaching carousel, and at this point there are only two that have been um, filled. Which feels light. I'm surprised only two have been hired. It does. I think definitely when the, when the Super Bowl is over, there'll be a big uptick in movement. But which that is, it used to feel more normal. Like it, it used to be. Like, oh, that's super rushed to hire somebody before the Super Bowl. But with the way that everything works now, mm-hmm. it almost feels now late to wait that long. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, there was a lot of concern. So there was rumors from the beginning of the season that Harbaugh was interested in the Bears job because he's said mm-hmm. before that the working for the Bears is his like his dream job. And so a lot of Bears fans were hoping on him coming. Oh, I was yeah. there, I myself included. Yep, all <laughs> over his khaki pants, and um, and you know we before the show we were making jokes about homeschoolers. He kind of dresses like a homeschooler. The khaki polo he, shirt, in shirt, yeah, big rimmed glasses, yeah, belt pulled up a little extra high <laughs> on his waist. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a strong look. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the Nordic track shoes, yeah. <laughs> or Skechers or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, he looks like a dad who makes his daughters wear jean skirts only. <laughs> like. That's a good reference. <laughs> <laughs> Modest is hottest, ladies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. And and they buy like Kashi cereal and oh yeah, <laughs> they're definitely like a life cereal family. <laughs> Would you like Kashi Life or Special K? <laughs> um, or this yogurt I just churned this morning. No. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um. There was reports, so uh, the reports were basically Harbaugh to the Bears, then it was Harbaugh to the Raiders, and mm-hmm. both times, basically, he 
those rumors kind of dissipated and people were like, oh, that's kind of weird. Some people were still holding on hope. Um, there had started to be rumors that Harbaugh was wanting a 10-year, $100 million deal to be a coach, and he was wanting to be more of a coach GM role, mm-hmm. um, kind of along the lines of a John Gruden or Bill O'Brien, to name a few fantastic coaches <laughs> in recent history. Did he do that in San Fran? Or no? I know he had a lot no. of control over stuff, but... No, I okay. don't think so. Well, I think that's why he wants... Like, I feel like... He, I think he thinks he's at that the next level. Well, also, if coming from college where he does do the recruiting and stuff, it kind of makes sense. He would want to have more say in the roster in the NFL, too. Um, But so then the report that got the most traction was that he was he had been contacted to do an interview with the Minnesota Vikings, which is the other thing that's funny. The Bears was rumored he did a quick phone call with them so if you have a quick phone call and it doesn't work out that seems like a much better use of time than a nine-hour interview that doesn't work out yep (laughs) and uh the vikings fans were hoping he was gonna be the new man on the minnesota vikings (laughs) that's good reference frankly vikings the truth hurts Mm, he full circle (laughs) yep um though it was reported earlier that jim harbaugh even after, an, I'm sure, an endearing nine-hour interview <coughs> in the, the beautiful tropical land of Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. decided to return to Michigan for mm. at least one more season. And he said that he'll be there as long as Michigan wants him. Um, maybe. We'll see. I don't, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't think this is the last we'll hear of No, James he's always Harbaugh. on the... Whenever he has even a somewhat decent season, he's mentioned with nfl rumors yeah but Um, he does off a lot of times like play into that and he doesn't deny things and stuff so like maybe if michigan does offer him that big 10-year deal that kind of finally puts it to rest and yeah we'll see but for me the vikings thing i was legitimately concerned at one point because i was like i know harbaugh has a really good track record in the nfl and Mm -hmm. if you combine nfl and college like he has a really good track of winning yes i know he just beat ohio state for the first time but if you just look at win loss record by itself like it's very impressive and the you feel like the nfc north is finally opening up with possibly Mm -hmm. rogers leaving and the packers maybe kind of starting at ground zero and you're looking at it like hey if the bears ever were going to have a chance to run the north like now is the time and then Harbaugh coming, I was like, oh, that's just going to make this yeah. so much tougher. Well, the other thing is I think the NFL at this point, the teams that are really transcendent are teams with great quarterbacks. And then yeah. there's some exceptions, like the 49ers this year. And who is one coach who's shown the ability to have lots of success without great quarterback play if he has a really good defense and running game? is Harbaugh. And so I don't want him to go to Minnesota with Dalvin Cook – and mm. the potential to build a really good defense because he is one of those coaches I could actually see be, be able to like get the most out of a guy like Kirk Cousins because he's used to winning without great quarterbacks. Yeah. So I think if you're the Bears, what keep, makes you hopeful is if Rodgers leaves and you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, if Fields is what Bears fans hope Fields is, 
then that's the difference maker in the NFL at this point is you need like a transcendent, super talented quarterback. And so if you don't have that, unless you have a really good solid coach who's used to having a philosophy with the run game and defense, you're probably not going to be able to keep up. So that's why I do think Harbaugh might have been a dangerous fit in Minnesota. So I am glad that didn't happen. I'm just glad it didn't happen and just – just because again of the idea of competing for the division, and when we took when you talk about, um, we we do talk about just div- in division rivalries too. Like obviously, I hate the Packers a million times more than I hate the Vikings, but it's still very awesome and funny to me that basically Harbaugh tried to get the Bears and the Raiders to play along with him so that he could get leverage with Michigan or whatever. <laughs> right. And neither of them balked at it, but Minnesota is the one that fell for it. And, <laughs> and Which it, is clearly it, what it is, because then as soon as that happens... And to be fair, like you never know. Like Was he seriously considering to some extent? Probably at times. But the fact that he gets that big interview in Minnesota and he finally gets all the media attention for that and then immediately announces his commitment to Michigan shows that that is what he wanted all along. So, Yeah, and and so yeah. then the, the in the end of all this, like, so not long after that tweet was sent out that he was returning to Michigan, Adam Schefter responds again and he said, like, so here are the three known finalists for the Vikings, and they list Patrick Graham, who had a nine-hour interview. Um, they mention Raheem Morris, who I'm assuming had a nine-hour interview, who, and then also Kevin O'Connell, I think, or something like that. All from L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. who I'm assuming also had a nine-hour interview. Anyway, you're looking at 27 hours of interviewing is what I'm getting at, um, almost as long as you were driving. So... Um, yeah, who is their interviewer? This guy, he's got to be hourly trying Wesley to get up. Adolfo Menso is, is the new GM of the Vikings. <laughs> he's got to be on an hourly deal where he's yeah. just well, trying to get overtime or something. But uh, so so in the end, <laughs> not long after that report was sent out, another report came out that Kevin O'Connell is the man they're trying to hire, which I said makes sense because – Kevin O'Connell has had a lot of success with Matthew Stafford this year, and a lot of Vikings fans have told me that Kirk Cousins is much better than Matthew Stafford. You're so, right. Yeah. The Vi- watch out, world. I mean, who wouldn't want to take a massive step up from a Super Bowl team to the Minnesota Vikings? Exactly. And that powerhouse on offense. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, good point. So um, that's the little story there. It's relevant just because the Vikings are in our division um, but yeah, this Kevin O'Connell guy is expected to be hired when the Super Bowl is over. Okay, you mentioned the Bears and how you need to have a good, like a good dynamic, talented piece at quarterback, which hopefully the Bears have in Justin Fields. You also need a coach that is willing to scheme around him, unlike Matt Nagy was going to do. Yep. And so the Bears, they hired Ryan Poles, the new GM. Ryan Poles, by the way, was the number one choice for GM for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota's had a rough couple weeks. Well, okay, so check this out, right? So going back to the NFL draft, Minnesota's number one pick was going to be Justin Fields. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and the Bears traded up and swooped in and took Justin Fields. Yep. And they settled for Kellen Mond. Then... They were wanting Ryan Poles, 
Ryan Poles gets taken by the Bears. They go with Kwesi Dofomensa. They wanted Jim Harbaugh. He goes back to Michigan. And the best part about this is if you look at it in a certain way, because Harbaugh is a former Bear, technically you could say all of these are examples of the Bears screwing <laughs> over the Vikings. There you go. It counts for me. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Ryan pulls to the Bears. He was the vice president of scouting, I think, for the Chiefs, something like that. Okay. Um, he's only 36 years old, but he seems like, I don't know, he, he talked with a lot of confidence at his press conference. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hired... <laughs> Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, as the Bears' new head coach. I was not a fan of the hire initially. I've talked myself into it at this point. I think what he brings is really it is he brings a overall leadership style. I think, which is what I like. It's not like he's gonna come and oh, the defense is gonna. It's not like that. He they hired a defensive coach just so that they can have a good defense. Because obviously right, it's, folk, big, it's bigger than that. Yeah, yeah it's just because he's a good leader and he can assemble a good staff, and you hope that those two things together will help Justin Fields and the Bears excel. Well, and, here's why. Like, yeah, the issue with Nagy is the head coach. It's like, all right, we want him to be a play caller. Uh, he yeah. he wants to call the plays, and the yeah. question was always, if he doesn't call the plays, then what what does he do? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is a coach is supposed to do a lot of things when it comes to the staff the culture leadership um empowering players scheme things like that and those are the things that you need a head coach for so it's not like you need to find a guy who has a certain defensive or offensive like that's why you have coordinators and so that's why i think it could work like with the lions and dan campbell like it's not because he's a good play caller or he has like oh he was a former tight end he's going to make our tight ends better that's not really what you do as a head coach like you want a guy who is respected and liked by the players can get the most out of those players and puts a good staff around him um when it comes to scheme and even like justin fields when it comes to like developing fields and oh well this coach would have been better than that that's not really the head coach doing that unless you get a head coach who's also basically the offensive coordinator which some teams have but you don't need that (laughs) matt eberflus already said as like as the head coach i want to be involved with all the team i do not want to Mm -hmm. be like I'm deli- like I'm hiring an offensive coordinator to coordinate the offense. I'm hiring a defensive coordinator to coordinate the defense. Yep. It's not my job to call plays. So because he's been very upfront about that, all you really need to see from him is like leadership, having a steady hand at the top. Like you're looking for more of those kind of things. Yeah, and like so far as decisions, game management, right? Like wise challenges, things like that. So Bears fans who are all upset about, well, how does his scheme work for Fields? Like he's already said that that's not what he's doing. So. So they hired Luke Getze as the new offensive coordinator, and they hired Alan Williams as the new defensive coordinator. I don't know much about Alan Williams at this point other than that he was the safeties coach for the Colts, which hopefully hopefully he can have a big impact on Eddie Jackson, kind of reviving his career. Luke Getze, though, is the one I do know a little bit more about at this point. So one similar to how the bears stole ryan poles from the vikings i love that luke getzi was poached from the packers 
at the same time, basically, that Nathaniel Hackett was poached from the Packers to the Denver mm. Broncos. You hate and then there was to see another it. person just today that was poached from the Packers to the Denver Broncos. So the uh, Packers are slowly dissembling here. It's going to um, be really funny when the next player or the next person co- poached from the Packers to the Broncos is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're right. It will be funny. <laughs> um, and Devontae Adams. Mm. But so so Luke Getze, though, here's here's I, I guess, honestly, I don't know that much about what his off- offensive approach will be. But what I do know is that Aaron, according to James Jones, who played for the Packers and was there when Luke Getze was a wide receivers coach. He has said that Aaron Rodgers loved Luke Getze and was like pounding the table for Getze to be offensive coordinator because he knew that Hackett was going to be leaving for a head coaching job mm-hmm. and he wanted Getze to be the offensive coordinator and the Bears stole him before Packers could do anything yeah um the other big detail here is that basically Devonte Adams was a nobody until he started working with Luke Getze and Luke Getze made him into or helped make him into what he is now which is basically the top receiver in the league so Mm-hmm. But all of those things make me very happy, and the fact that you're taking him away from the Packers makes it even better. And I see people criticize this and say, "Well, how good is he really when you have Aaron Rodgers?" It, it, but the it's just the inconsistency where people complain about it either way. Yeah, if you had hired apply to Matt Lafleur. <laughs> yeah, if you hire um, the quarterbacks coach from the Jets. Then people would complain the opposite way yeah. and say, well, why would you take a guy from a team that has terrible quarterback play? You know, like, so people who complain will complain about it either way. We, we don't know how much he improved Rodgers and the passing game and Devontae Adams, but at least it's from a system that worked. So yeah. we'll see, you know, but yep. no, I think it's, yeah, I don't know much about him. I think people who have too strong of an opinion, either for or against, on any of these hires at this point, are overreacting because <clears throat> these are all first-time guys in their position. So it's, I mean, we'll we'll see. It, it either works or it doesn't. But I don't, I don't see any reason why there's some people out there acting like they already know whether this was a good or a bad decision. So, yeah, so- I think there's reasons to be optimistic for sure. I am very optimistic, and I would just say that for any further thoughts, please check out my show, Full Press Bears, because uh, my co-host Joey and I there have been going very in-depth with all this. Um, like, definitely go check that out. Like, it's it's more than probably anything I'll usually say on Frustration Nation, um, just because we have a lot more sports and things that we cover here than that I cover over there. Over there, it's just Bears. So mm-hmm. definitely please go check that out, Full Press Bears podcast yeah i'll plan to listen to that i was gonna listen to it today or you don't tomorrow, have to so. lie to me it's okay but <laughs> i will listen and enjoy it because <laughs> i love our <laughs> yeah wow you just continued to lie just now Very good. um <laughs> no i'm looking forward to it yeah whatever no um okay <laughs> next bit of nfl news is um there's somebody that retired recently Mm. Um, oh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's not it. Somebody who I think has, I think, like, may, he has sort of a shot at the Hall of Fame. Mm. Like, it'll um, be close, I think, but. 
Oh, that guy from uh, the Patriots. Tom Brady. No, no, no. Um, Drew, oh, yeah, he's not Drew a Hall Bledsoe, of Famer. I think. Oh, Edelman, I meant. Yeah, Julian. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady. Will he be a Hall of Famer? Probably. G O A T. Yeah. Tom Brady was a Hall of Famer 10 years ago. <laughs> Tom Brady might have been a Hall of Famer if his career started when he was 40. Because since then, he's won, what, two Super Bowls? (laughs) I mean, yeah, he has. And I mean, if Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer... Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady's had a better post-40 career than Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That is... Well, Aaron Rodgers is even 40. Than Aaron Rodgers' whole career. I see what you're saying. 40-year-old Brady has been a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers has at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it it is funny when you when you contrast like we've we've done a lot of comparing and contrasting of Rodgers and Brady on the show because we hate Rodgers and we love Brady. And, I mean, and to it, be fair to us, it's because Packers fans make the comparison all the time. So it's not yeah. us just picking on Rodgers. They chose to put him in this situation when the they NFL pushes that narrative. They too. do too. Yeah, but when people talk about him in the goat conversation you can't then complain that people like are always making fun of rogers you know i'm just here to say they couldn't be further they couldn't be more different because you you, on the one hand you have a quarterback who absolutely loathes his family and on the other hand you have a quarterback who kisses everybody in his on the mouth on the mouth Mm. so it's like that in and of itself when, then when you add all the Super Bowl appearances and everything. But no, seriously. Like, you also have a quarterback who talks about retiring for like a year and then doesn't do it. And then you have another yeah. quarterback who the Lee Schefter says he's retiring when he's not. And then later on, he's like, okay, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a few things about Brady. So 22 years in the league, played in 10 Super Bowls. That's I, just absurd. And won seven of them. So... 22 years, won seven Super Bowls. So a third of the years that he played, he won, he won a, won a Super, Super Bowl. <laughs> and a half of the years he played, he played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I also saw this stat that every season he played, when he played a full season, they won at least 10 games. It's insane. Yeah. Well, it's funny. is Since his career started, the Lions haven't won a single playoff game. And he's won seven Super Bowls. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just gross. Um, I'm trying to think what other details there were I saw. There's a whole bunch of crazy stats. I mean, the, they, the Cubs had posted what their lineup was the day of Tom Brady's first start. And it was... The Sammy only rec- Sosa. <laughs> Sammy Sosa and Corey Patterson were the only recognizable names on the team. That's like, crazy. It's, it's, it is crazy. And the other like, thing is that he, the way he's retiring with how good of a year he just had, you look at the stats of like all, all-time great quarterbacks the year they retired, yep. and like Peyton Manning. Yep. I forget what the stat was, but it was like where they ranked in the league, and it's like Peyton Manning was like the 28th best quarterback statistically some other guys were like in the twenties. I, I think Breeze had the best season, and he finished twentieth. Yeah, and Brady was first <laughs> yep. when he left. So, so people that, are saying like, "Oh, you should have retired on top. He should have retired last year." Well, I like you would ideally like to retire right after you won a Super Bowl, but it makes sense he came back this year because they brought everybody back. Mm-hmm. So they had really bad injuries, 
Antonio Brown lost his mind in the middle of the season. Like all these things happened and they still made a playoff run and he ended with the best career, like the best season. So like he is retiring on top as far as individual performance, but, and that's just, that's the definitely the most absurd piece to all of it is the fact that he's retiring as the best quarterback in the league. Like, (laughs) Any other quarterback following up a season like that, if they were retiring, people would say they're crazy. Yeah. But then, and for you to say that a quarterback could have that season at age forty-four is seems it seems like a fantasy. It seems preposterous. It's just wild that yeah, he's retiring at age forty-four, and you could argue he's retiring in his prime yep. with with multiple good years left. <laughs> so, um, no, multiple for sure. Like. I like I know Brady at one point said he wanted to play until he was 45 which he almost got to. I would wager that Brady could probably play 48. Like, I was going to say 47 48. He literally he probably could. Yeah. Um and at that point I think a doctor would have to step in and be like <laughs> Tom you need to be done. And that's the part where it, like the mental side of it like mentally could he handle the stress at that point of after that many years and like Right. It it's funny because at that age you think physically like oh your body just can't handle it anymore but it got to the point where you started to think like what other things are there that could stop him because clearly his body is not breaking down so <laughs> and no what other things can stop him because no but nothing no teams can stop him. right <laughs> um but yeah like twenty two years in the league like this is wild to me but like so Tom Brady when he started. Like, he started before 9-11, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, because it's 20 years last year. So the year before, I think. You did? Like, what? 2000. He started the year before. Like, 9-11 is obviously such like a, a it's such a landmark in mm-hmm. history. And to think that he has started before that. And, like, when you go back and if you ever, like, watch some of, like, documentaries or whatever that's been done about 9-11, like, I I personally have forgotten how different of a world thing it was then to what it is now. Yeah. Especially with communication because (laughs) with everybody trying to figure out what was going on, Mm -hmm. like, people didn't really have... Like the, the the most wealthy people that would have been working there probably had a BlackBerry, but it was more or less a brick phone. You see them and, people walking around with like walkie-talkie radios, right? Are your phones right? Yeah, no, it's like the, the like that seems like when you look at our world now, where everybody has an entire internet computer device in their hands. Mm-hmm. And you look back to that, it's like it feels like a completely different world, and yet Tom Brady started before that event even happened. Well, it's just cool too because I mean it's the Bears players. and there's some teams that have been worse, like the Browns. But like, think about how many quarterbacks most teams have had during that time. Yep. You know, like there's teams out there who are switching quarterbacks like every year or two, and to have a guy be in the league and play for the Patriots basically that whole time, but just have one guy be able to be in the league that long. um, Yeah. It's just crazy to me. Anybody can play that position at that high of a level for that long when there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, you know? Um, So, yeah. So I want to ask you this one question that I thought of. 
Um, so Michael Jordan retired after the 2003 season. Mm-hmm. And obviously his years with the Wizards were not that impressive and they were hurt by injuries and frankly a bad roster. But um, that it, looking back now, you can see how Michael Jordan retired and instantly you have um, like Tom Brady basically rising to his success. I think at, by 2003, he had already won two Super Bowls. Mm. He was two for two in Super Bowls. and But I don't know if anyone would have been ready to claim Brady as the GOAT at that point. So my right. question for you is... In kind of a similar way, Brady has retired now. Who out there that's a current pro athlete in any of the pro sports do you think might be the the new goat that maybe we don't realize yet? Hmm. Huh. It's tough because I'm thinking football. And I mean, why people... is it Justin Fields? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. People with my homes were saying that. Yep. But it's to give respect to, I think Brady and Jordan. They've both left such crazy legacies that I don't think I almost think it's impossible for somebody else to become the goat. Yeah, like I know that it is, and eventually you'll have people be able to play longer because of medicine. It like gets even better and robots. Yeah, and statistically, people's numbers just become crazier and crazier. Like. So I know it is possible, but it's so hard to imagine anybody. Like, look at the career LeBron has had. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think he's the GOAT over what Jordan did. It's hard to imagine anybody even having as good of a career as LeBron has had. So, yeah. um, and then it's hard, too, because in hockey, I don't see how anybody can pass Gretzky. Like, right. my thought was like, oh, could it be like, um, you know, uh, Who's the guy for Edmonton? Um, Connor McDavid. It's like, okay, he's super talented. People have been saying he's basically as close as we're ever going to get to. And that's where it's hard because greatness is different in every sport. Like, people say, oh. Yager had to play until he was, like, 48 just to, like, try (laughs) to challenge one of Gatsby's records. Right. (laughs) And, And, too, like, okay, greatness. Like, hockey, maybe... NHL titles aren't as big a part of your legacy as in other sports because you're only one guy on one line. If you're a quarterback, people say wins aren't a quarterback stat, but I think that's the one position that like titles actually matter a lot more than a lot of other sports because you do have so much control over winning and losing. Basketball, I think titles matter a lot because it's right. such a smaller, you know, one player can have a lot bigger impact on both ends of the court. Um. I don't know if there's anybody I th- that I realistically... Well, that, that's the whole beauty of the question. Is like It's a... The point of the question is like somebody that you're not... Basically, yeah. who is somebody that nobody would think could be the GOAT that you think would maybe have that potential? Well, think about... Yeah, if it's just from a talent perspective. So we're talking about... Well, let's look at like the NBA. Like, what if... So Giannis just won one. How old is he now? He's least later 20s now right yeah what if somebody like that though who's not at all in the conversation something crazy happened and he won the next three championships in a row 
All right, like he's not at all in the conversation now, but if he were to do that and they won four in a row, is he in the conversation? I mean, he's getting there, you know? So I think there's people. I mean, what if someone like Devin Booker does that? Yeah. Yep. And that's what's so hard to predict is like to be in the GOAT conversation. I think there's people you can definitely say like they're on track to be a Hall of Famer, like Shohei Otani, somebody like that. You could be like, man, they're special. They're in line to be a Hall of Famer. But to say the GOAT, and for baseball too, like who's the GOAT for baseball? Like Babe Ruth. It's such a sport of history that Mm -hmm. it's like it's so hard to even know how you measure that. Um, Yeah, I think Jared Goff. (laughs) There you go. Well, he's already the GOAT. (laughs) I mean, football is the, the prime example I think of because there's so many great young quarterbacks right now. Yeah. You look at like, yeah, Joe Burrow, all the I, so many talented young guys like Mahomes and uh, Allen, Allen who just faced off, and then Lamar even Jackson. Yeah, even Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. really good. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think I know it's it's a tricky question. You don't need to have an exact answer. It's yeah. just one. It was something I thought of, like the idea almost of like. And two, it happens in both ways. Like, one, you have Jordan kind of passing the torch to Brady, like, here you be the next GOAT, but also Jordan passing the torch to Kobe, then passing the torch mm-hmm. to LeBron, too, in that specific sport. Like, right. <clears throat> I don't know who – I guess you would look at Brady as – like, people have been comparing Mahomes and Allen to, like – Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow as, like, the new Manning – Manning, Brady, and Roethlisberger, yeah. which you have to fit in Herbert in there somewhere too. But, like, you know, maybe that's him passing it on to those guys. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an answer, frankly, for my own question. It was just something I had been thinking about. Yeah, I would say there's nobody right now who's, like, close to retirement. Yeah. Who would be like, all right, their legacy they've already put together is enough. Like, people would say Rodgers. Like, he's old enough at this point. He doesn't have enough runway left to get in the conversation. So, it'd have to be one of these young guys who are up and coming. Who have a whole career in front of them. I just thought of one. Okay. Okay. So, not GOAT in terms of, like, of the whole sport, but of their position. Okay. Somebody like a... um. Jamar Chase could be like the goat receiver. Yeah, because you're thinking then, and it's tough with any goat conversation because there's so many great players. But yeah, like you'd be looking at okay, when do you does he get into? Well, you start with like there's just, 17 games now, so he has more games to put up more stats. He has Burrow, who's going to be doing more deep game stuff than probably what Montana and Rice were doing back in, mm-hmm. you know the 80s well then you think like okay just the Bengals you think about like Chad Ochocinco and T.O. like when does he even get into the conversation with former Bengals was T.O. a Bengal wasn't he at one point was I thought he was just friends with Ochocinco I think they played on the Bengals at the same time at one point let's see uh Maybe I'm wrong. No, he did. He played on the Bengals. Uh, (laughs) This is funny. On July 27th, T.O. signed a one-year contract with the Bengals. It was reportedly worth $2 million. (laughs) That's funny. 
Uh, I think this was his last year. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, so anyway, just kind of a fun thing to think about with this, and we really should keep moving because we got more to talk about. Okay, um, very briefly, this is another bad thing to talk about, uh, or it's just, uh, it's unfortunate, and that is the whole Brian Flores situation. So mm-hmm. it came up while you were in the middle of all your driving that Brian Flores filed a lawsuit against the NFL and against the Patriots and against the Broncos and I th- and the New York Giants. And the lawsuit was alleging racism in their practices. And basically there's a whole bunch of stuff, and we really – don't have time to go into it um, for our episode today, so I'm sorry. But for all intents and purposes, basically he was accusing teams of taking advantage of him just to fulfill the Rooney rule. Mm-hmm. He cites an interview he had in the first coaching cycle back in like 2018 or something when he was interviewing and he had an interview set up with the Broncos, and this is when he was a coach of the Patriots, and the Broncos uh, brass showed up to whatever restaurant they were meeting at in the New England area. And report, according to him, John Elway and another big name on the Broncos came in basically drunk and treated the interview like a joke. Because, again, the point was that they were just trying to fulfill the Rooney rule so they could then go hire who they wanted. Then he Hmm. also said that then after he was hired by Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins, that Stephen Ross was incentivizing him to lose by offering $100,000 per loss. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that, he claimed, was for tanking. And he felt like part of it was to be was something about him and his coaching as well, which I I can that one I'm a little more teetering on. Hmm. But um, then he talks about how he was fired premature, like he was fired after a few win. Basically, I think the point of him saying that he was offered a hundred thousand dollars per loss was because he was fired this year after back to back winning seasons. And this year they had a seven-game winning streak at one point. Yeah. And I think the point is, is like, they forced him out because he wasn't doing what they wanted, and that was to lose, apparently. And then the last big detail here that we have is, involves the Patriots and the Giants. And this is actually where it's kind of humorous. But So, basically, Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores earlier like a few weeks ago or a week ago and basically said congratulations on getting the giants job and brian flores is like oh i haven't even interviewed for the job my interviews in like three days and bill belichick's basically like oh i meant to send that to brian dable (laughs) basically so so here i have the exact text pulled up here had he been hired dable been hired yet or no here i'll read the text so (laughs) belichick says he says, sounds like you have landed. Congrats. Flores says, did you hear something I didn't hear? Belichick says, Giants? And then Flores says, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. 
And Belichick says, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. Flores says, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores? Are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. And then he, uh, Belichick says, sorry, I fucked this up. I double checked and I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. BB. And then, <laughs> then Flores says, thanks, Bill. Jeez. So, so, so I hadn't he, heard these texts, but yeah, I just heard that there were texts. Yeah. I, I find that going back to the thing about like how bad <laughs> owners are at talking, like as good of a coach as Belichick has been, it's just like, how are you that bad at something so easy? Yeah. Like, how do you, like you're an NFL head coach. Everything can go public. Everything is under scrutiny. It's easy for us to be like, oh, I texted the wrong person. My bad. Like, I feel like you should be a little more careful when you're texting things about hirings and things yeah. like that. Um, Especially when it hasn't been officially announced. But so the point yeah. of this one is that basically Dave, uh, Flores had not yet interviewed with the Vikings. Yeah. Or with the, without the Vikings, with the Giants. And they'd already decided. And the Giants had already decided that they're going to hire Dable, which means that they were only interviewing Flores again to fulfill the Rooney rule. And so basically Flores is exposing that this Rooney rule thing is a joke and he's trying to provide these examples of racism in the NFL to basically say we need a systemic change. And the NFL and the Broncos and the Dolphins and all these teams basically responded very quickly after basically saying we deny all of these allegations. The NFL, this was this one actually really ticked me off. The NFL released a statement within two hours of the announcement of the lawsuit happening. The NFL released a public statement saying that they they basically deny all of that, all, all of it. And the reason that bothers me so much is because, one, you cannot tell me that there is not racism in the NFL, yeah. first of all. But mm-hmm. second of all, the NFL in two hours determined no all these claims are false yeah how have you had time to investigate any of this in two hours the correct response from the nfl should have been like you know we are we want to take everything our coaches and our players say very very seriously in the nfl Mm -hmm. um and we at the nfl like to you know we do our best to support diversity or to support minority coaches or whatever they wanted to say um we are going to launch an a a thorough internal investigation into the claims made by mr flores and we will report back with our findings and our rulings at the appropriate time Mm -hmm. like that is what their statement should have been but they basically just said we vehemently deny these claims it's the same thing we talked about with the blackhawks it's like all you have to do is come out and say something very basic we are working on this we are taking it very seriously that's all you have to say but instead you come out and take a very strong stance on something um just yeah it's not a good look and it's complicated with the Rooney rule i mean for the sake of time we won't really get into it but it's like i understand why it doesn't work i understand why it's in place like i get the sentiment i think 
we should strive for equality and all that. Like, but, I don't but know, though. For like, all intents and purposes, the Rooney rule has become racist in and of itself because yeah. now teams, and we, I think we've all expected this, that it's been happening, but we have confirmation from Flores that it's been happening, that teams will just interview people mm-hmm. to simply check off a box and say, okay, we did that, so now we can hire the person we really wanted. And then what's happening is you're asking Flores – or whoever in these whoever else has been experiencing this to have to go through this what is an embarrassing situation for the sake of making the NFL look like they care you know like so i mean but it's okay cuz the NFL has end racism in the end zones and on the back of helmets yeah just put a bigger sticker on the helmets that'll will be good yeah. yeah yeah so i mean you feel for flores and anybody else who's been made to feel like it's just like oh this is just a token interview this is like you know yeah just checking off a box um so i don't know what you do if you're the nfl like can you modify that rule like if you just say okay well we're getting rid of the rooney rule like does that help or (laughs) it's opened a can of worms now because now hugh jackson is claiming that the browns were incentivizing him to lose which is, that's a whole separate issue now that comes out as far it, as like it's a separate issue and it is a little adorable for him to suggest the browns were encouraging him to lose when they went zero and 16 but you know yeah whatever you have to sounds do like to, you didn't need a lot of encouragement right. right no but but seriously though like and also i like to joke about that just because the browns you know historically suck but in all seriousness like maybe this incentivizing black coaches to lose has been more prevalent than we realize and in the midst of all of this there is one employed black head coach and that is mike tomlin and this is all happening at the very beginning of black history month it's just it's like, just a bad look <laughs> yeah it's a very bad look and this and that like also brian flores released all of this like a few hours after Tom Brady released that he was retiring. Mm-hmm. So it's like the NFL goes through this big celebratory moment of like the yeah. greatest player to ever play our sport has just retired. And Oh, by the way, we are a very extremely racist bunch <laughs> and where everyone we knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's just all a problem and yep. there's going to be like, man, I am looking forward to hearing what things might come out during the super bowl media week um when it's just media 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 because you know people are writing up their questions and they're not going to really ask the players i would think but Mm -hmm. they're definitely going to ask coaches and if they have access to any front office people they're going to ask them too um and finally i have a theory and there was a one point jim harbaugh was rumored that he was going to sign with the Dolphins because Stephen Ross, who's a big donor for Michigan, is the o- is the owner there or the mm-hmm. GM there. And my theory is that all the smoke about Harbaugh signing with the Dolphins, like the report was he was going to sign with the Dolphins. All of that report, I think, was smoke from Stephen Ross. And I think part of it was like, I think he knew that this lawsuit was coming and he's yeah. like, I need to distract people for as long as I can with this piece of news. And I wondered, but too, like, okay, Harbaugh's trying to make a power play. He's trying to get Michigan and give him money. Right. I wonder how much of this is like, Hey, can you do me a solid? I'm trying to negotiate a contract. Right. Can you just put it out there that 
worked in talks and then give me a little bit of leverage for Michigan, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, I don't it's know. a mess. But the, I wanna... anything that comes out as far as like, yeah. Oh, sorry. We cut out there for a second. But yeah, it's just like anything with front offices and executives in any sport is just so corrupt at basically every level that, uh, yeah. Which is why the NFL statement is just total BS to me. Like, I don't have to I, – I don't think it would take me long to run – I'm not a detective or whatever anyway, but I'm sure it wouldn't take me long to run an investigation and find other examples of racism in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and the only reason – the only reason that they won't find any examples of racism with, like, the Colin Kaepernick case is because they paid Colin Kaepernick off. Like, that's – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all just, a, it's a mess. And I, we have other things I know we want to get to. Um, I, I do talk about this on full press bears too. So you can hear some more additional thoughts of mine on that as well. But it's, it's a really messy story, really bad look for the NFL. And it's happening during kind of their, their right after these amazing playoff games, the goat retires, the Super Bowl is coming up and this bombshell is dropped. So it's, a lot of drama speaking of bombshells being dropped as well we have the washington football team's new name hmm. which is the washington red commander i'm just <laughs> commanders red commanders <laughs> the washington commanders what are your thoughts meh yeah i mean i don't hate it i don't love it i didn't like, hate i didn't hate the washington football team to be honest i didn't either um, like I'm probably will still call them Guardians that. better. Commanders is better than Guardians. Oh, I disagree. I like you, Guardians better. Do you actually like Guardians or just because you don't like Commanders? Ooh, that's a good question. No, okay. What I appreciate about Guardians is that they tried to keep like some of the word of in, like Indians Guardians like like the, syllables or whatever the last sounds half of that word is still the same they took out the racist half so that's, <laughs> that's so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's right um but yeah so I, I i i do like guardians as far as commanders i don't know it's just it seems so cheesy to me well the thing, <coughs> i feel like you could have went more the reason i don't like both is because they don't have anything to do with the city specifically where it's like guardians is a, supposedly does okay but like not at a first glance where it's <laughs> oh, like okay but, yeah. <laughs> okay but really no <laughs> but it's just such a generic term for um you know even like the warriors is kind of that way where it's like all right it's not a specific kind of warrior or a certain yeah. kind of knight or whatever it's just a very generic basic the fighters you know yeah. like it's just yeah, it doesn't do I mean, much you for bring me. Up a good point. I mean, think about all the lions and tigers that there are in Detroit. Exactly, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like if you're a mascot and it's either something unique to do with the city or it's just a classic, you know, eagles, tigers, whatever. Like yeah. to me though, the the whole like guardians, fighters, warriors doesn't do much for me. I don't the think. lieutenants. Yeah. 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 Um what if they were like, we are, our new name is the Washington Lieutenant Colonel Second Patrol or whatever. <laughs> right, like a very specific. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Master Sergeant First Classes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's whatever. I, I 
I actually like... So, I don't really like their new uniforms, but I do like their new logo. So, their new logo, it's basically the same W that they had as the football team, but instead of the football, instead of the W being yellow, the W is that, like, burgundy color, and then it's outlined in yellow, and mm-hmm. it's pretty sharp looking, I think. So. Yeah, it's not bad. I just, if nothing else, it's another chance for them to re- release new merch and do all that. But it's kind of like, okay, what do you, what would I think if I was a Washington fan who had all of my old Redskins yep. gear, right? And then Washington football team comes out and it's like, okay, fine. I get why they made the change. I'm all in. Let me buy all this merch. And then now you're the, you know, the commanders. It's like, okay, now I have to get all new stuff again. Like, yep. I don't know. Commanders is going to be a great name to make fun of with the first syllable of that word so commander (laughs) oh yeah um so i don't know anyway that's it for nfl news um i'm sure there's more we could talk about but i think that's plenty um we have a couple segments but let's just uh well actually before we get to our other piece of news i do want to do our mad lib so all right Let's transition to that. I, I can't get these memories out of my mind and some kind of madness is started to This is madness! But I don't want to go among mad people. Oh, you can't help that. Most everyone's mad here. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to be giving you words to fill out the story. Nouns, verbs, adverbs, adjectives, numbers famous yep. people sex <laughs> yeah Everything. sex positions yep numbers and sex positions and exposition <laughs> that's what this podcast is about <laughs> that'd be a good title for the podcast yeah, what, what? <laughs> um all right um i need an adjective hmm horny I need a noun. Splooge. Is that, I don't, is that a noun? It could be a verb. Uh. Okay. Um. No, that works. Cr- I can make that work. Okay. All right. I need another noun. Crockpot. I need an event. Hmm. Would 9-11 be too insensitive? There we go. Okay. <laughs> I think we're far enough removed. I mean, Tom Brady retired now, so... Okay, cool. Um, I need a plural noun. Hmm. Spelunkers. I need a verb. Spanked. Mm. I need a plural noun. Boobs. I need a verb. 
Um, dragged. I need a noun. Rottweiler. Ooh, Michael Vick. All right. <laughs> I need. I need. I'm gonna need two separate numbers. Sixty-nine and one thousand three hundred and seventy-four. Um, I need a verb. Mm, snorkeling. I need a plural noun. Um. Bayonets. I need a verb. I need... Okay, so I need a, a type of award. Hmm. Okay, like... Like a specific kind or like a medal or a ribbon or something? Uh, any... any uh... Like. Plaque. No, 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 like... But it needs to be a, like for a something. Specific, a specific name of an award. Okay. Um, time Person of the Year. And I need one more award. Um, sexiest man alive. All right. I need a number. 420. All right. I need a verb. Motorboating. I need plural noun. Thongs. I need another plural noun. Mm, goats. I need another plural noun. Testicles. I need an adverb. Hmm. Um, sneakily. Or sneaky, or... Be sneakily, right? Yeah. I need a noun. Um... Full or latex bodysuit. <laughs> BDSM latex bodysuit. Right. <laughs> and then I need a verb. Um Um Gargling. I need another verb. Um, polishing. And I need one more plural noun. Uh, 
Mm. Cankles. All right. All right, so this is an excerpt mm. from the Jeff Passan article, Spring Training Likely to be Delayed After CBA Meeting Yields No Progress Between MLB and MLBPA Sources Say. Aw. All right. Okay. <clears throat> All right, here we go. The collective horny meeting between the Major League Baseball Splooge Association and MLB <laughs> on Tuesday afternoon led to no significant crockpot. Sources familiar with the situation told ESPN, almost ensuring a delay to 9-11. <laughs> oh, yeah. That could actually be true. September 11th is the first time we have baseball. While pitchers and spelunkers are scheduled to report to some camps as early as February 14th, players and executives both anticipate the start of 9-11 will be spanked, sources say. Oh, how, yeah. How, <laughs> how long will depend on the ramp-up of boobs, which have dawdled since the league dragged players out December 2nd. The MLBPA's proposal Tuesday included a Rottweiler in its bonus pool request for pre-arbitration <laughs> players from $69 million to $1,374 million, sources said. $1,000 million. <laughs> yep. the, the union also snorkeled its ask for the number of bayonets who would be awarded an additional year of service time, sucking their path to free agency. <laughs> Via award voting and performance. All players who are top five in time person of the year voting, top three in sexiest man alive, or make first or second team all MLB would qualify alongside infielders who rank in the top 420 of war at their position in outfielders. Starting a lot of infielders. <laughs> starting pitchers and relievers who are top 20. Previously, the union asked for those in the top 10 and 30, respectively. The sliver of progress, sources said, stemmed from the union saying it was open to the idea of rewarding teams that do not motorboat a top prospect service with a draft pick. <laughs> Major testicles between the sides remain on a number of key thongs, almost all of which tie back to the game's core goats, which have shifted sneakily in recent years in favor of teams. The average BDSM latex bodysuit for players <laughs> has gargled in four consecutive seasons, and players are seeking to polish that in multiple cankles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually makes more sense than the real negotiations, probably. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Especially the ramp up of boobs. <laughs> the ramp up of boobs. And sucking their path to free agency. <laughs> Been Whatever there, you done do. that. Right. <laughs> oh, uh. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do that before we got into our next topic because the next topic was baseball yep. and the CBA. And basically, the only thing I have to say is that, yeah, it's basically been reported that spring training is not going to start in time. Yeah, sucks. Um, at this point, I'm just expecting the season to be delayed too, and I'm gonna just expect that, and then that way I won't be disappointed if it's not. Um, we just we better have a full season that at least resembles a normal year, because if if this gets cut in half and we're like, all right, we're gonna have a 70 game season that starts in August, like I just you know, 
I wish owners. I wish owners. Could, I wish there was a penalty for like a lockout. There's like no repercussions for owners on a lockout. Right. Because what are they missing out on? It's not like there's tons of revenue that would be coming in to watch pitchers and catchers report, you know? Yeah. So. Anyway, it's, yeah, I don't know much to say either. I'm just hoping I can make it to the Cubs game I have plans to go to in April. Yep. And you and I have talked about going to a Tigers game. I would like to do that still. Um, so hopefully they can get their craft together and get this sorted out. Mm-hmm. Get this um, thing motorboated. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Um, last main topic here is in the NBA. Um, Io DeSumo and Cade Cunningham have both been named to the Futures Stars game, I think is what it's called. Mm. Um, Going back to the Future Goats conversation. There you go. Yeah, look right here. Um, I definitely think Cade has a higher ceiling than Io in terms of being a goat. I, the Io story is just eye-opening because... I, nice. <laughs> um, it's just eye-opening because he was drafted 38th overall in the second round. And Which you never see NBA. Not never, but for the NBA, it's such a top-heavy draft yeah. that any kind of player who makes any impact at all at that point is a great thing. So to have a guy be that successful. Well, in the absence of Lonzo Ball, he's been basically the starting point guard, and he's been excelling in that role. Mm-hmm. And basically, people have been saying that if you redrafted this draft, I was easily within the top ten, maybe even within top the five. top five yeah. of the draft picks, which is quite the compliment for somebody who was drafted thirty eighth overall. Um, so the fact that a second rounder was able to make it to the future stars game is a big deal. Yep. Um, and obviously, as Bulls fans, you hope that he can continue to develop and the greatest thing that's happening to him right now is that DeMar DeRozan has basically taken Io under his wing as kind of like his apprentice and mm-hmm. so at like all the time you see these guys interact these two men and you just hope that whatever whatever wisdom DeRozan is passing on to Io that Io is able to apply it to his game and yep. he'll just be that he'll he maybe he maybe he really will be a regular starting point guard in the NBA yeah, which Everyone would be huge. Everyone thought he'd be a depth piece, but yeah. And it's just, it's such a great example of like, look where the Bulls were a couple years, like a year ago. Yep. And it's just, when you bring in somebody who's competent and flips everything, like how quickly things can turn and then things compound on top of each other. And this is true of any really good teams you see, any dynasties. It's like, all right, look at the Warriors when they went on their runs or the Cavs when they went on theirs. It's like all these pieces by themselves are fine, you know, like, okay, Steph is a superstar, you know all these other guys are really good players, but when you have a really good team around them, it just elevates everything. And so IO is playing, having a great start to his career. And then all these other role pieces just fit together so well. Um, so a ton of credit to Karnashovis and the front office there, because like it just shows how quickly things can turn. And then everything just seems like it goes right. And even with all the injury issues they've had, that's why I think the bulls are a legit like title contender this year because I mean, everything defense has meshes without Caruso and ball. Yeah. And if they get Caruso and ball back and they're all healthy for the playoffs, I mean, you better watch out. I mean, 
Yeah. I would. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I would say it's a foregone conclusion that they'll get through the first round, and I would say I, I don't know who they. There's a possibility they could end up facing the Heat or the Bucks or the Nets in the second round, which that's a really have, tough draw, and then have to the face second. one of those teams again in the championship round. Mm-hmm. If so, that's why to me, if the Bulls could make it to the championship round, that would be a huge win. Yeah, especially because it's not like a one and done. You don't have to tear the team down next year. You know, like you have a couple guys who are getting older, but like this could work for several years. So, yeah. And then Cade is in the futures game. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been as advertised and which you hope to get when you win the lottery and get the first overall pick, you would just hope that you got a superstar. And he started off his career really badly because he wasn't shooting well they were having to play a lot of off ball it just wasn't working um it just was a rough adjustment um but he's one of those guys now he's showing where it's not like a project guy or like oh maybe he'll figure it out and like um he's got so much potential but he's like no he's already he's an nba player like he's triple doubles most nights at this point he's put he put up a game where he had like 36 points double digit rebounds and assists a couple nights ago it's like like, he's been playing super well um like truly looks like he'll be like a rising star in the league which detroit doesn't have a lot of young rising stars in any of our sports so um it's encouraging it's I, i think he'll be here for several years and now it's just a question of what you can put around him because right now the team around him is just dumpster juice like it's a terrible roster around him um so we're gonna be picking super high again and maybe next year is the year we finally see the team make the jump be a borderline playoff team it's got to happen at some point because Cade is the real deal and i'm excited we have him but um you gotta get something else around him you know i i don't want to like i don't want to say that the pistons shouldn't have any urgency but the fact that the Pistons are, like, the youngest team in the league and mm-hmm. to, like, remember, like, even though Cade might be showing his superstar flashes, like, the thing you have to be encouraged about is that this is his first year. This is probably really the base of what he can do yeah, compared to what his ceiling is. And he, you have to realize, too, he's probably not going to realize his ceiling probably for four or five years yeah. still. Like if you if you want to talk about maximizing Cade Cunningham, I think what the Pistons need is to be able to be in a spot where they're competing in five years. Now maybe mm-hmm. that means they make the playoffs in three years or four years. Right. But I feel like at that five year mark when he's that twenty five, twenty six years old, that is when you want to be getting as many big-name free agents as you can, mm-hmm. acquiring pieces through uh, through the trade, through the draft that can maybe are – because right now the Pistons are basically just acquiring the best player they can because that's what you do in a rebuild. Yeah. But hopefully for the Pistons in that f- five years from now, they're acquiring guys that are – pieces that they need to, to fit a need right? exactly mm-hmm. which is kind of what the place the bulls got to all right we need a big man we need a guy who can play defense and come off the bench like yep. you start to identify specifics and build so, a real team so and i just say that as a bulls fan with levine i mean levine never really realized yep. his true potential until he was like 27 years old 
Yeah. Um, which is the same for me, if I'm being honest. But, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but basically um, the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I think it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, these players need to, we need to, we urgently need to surround these players. And the reality is that that might be true in the NFL because players are drafted later in their life. But in the NBA, these guys are drafted after one year of college. So yeah. they're 19 years old and they start. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, so um, be patient, young grasshopper, is what <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, but um, I think that's the next Detroit player I'm getting a jersey for. Like, I've seen enough at this point. Like, he's a franchise kind of guy. Like, oh, yeah? So, yeah. You're not going to get a TJ Hawkinson jersey? I did think about that one, but no. Like, I've got to see more before I'm going to buy a tight end jersey. Yeah. What about if Matt Nagy becomes offensive coordinator? Right. <laughs> I'll buy a visor. <laughs> a, li- a Lions visor. <laughs> you could wear a visor and then also a pencil behind your ear, and it'd be like uh, combining just the, the worst of the greatest mats of all time. Oh, man. That's gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just make sure you don't shampoo your hair, too. Make sure it's oh, nice yeah. and greasy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um,. <laughs> All right, so then the other NBA news for our teams is that I haven't heard if Levine is on the All-Star team. I'm assuming he's going to make the game. Um, but the bigger news is that DeRozan was named an All-Star starter for the East. Um, we were talking before we started recording that it, you know, being named to an All-Star game isn't really that it, – it's impressive in the NBA because it is a limited roster yeah. compared to, like, baseball. But it's more like the big honor is if you get named a starter. Um, So the fact that DeRozan was named that after being named the worst signing of the (laughs) offseason and the Bulls are in the position they are after winning 31 games last year, they already have eclipsed their win total from last year. (laughs) That's absurd. So, And they're in first place in the East here heading into all-star break soon. And with all the injuries they've had. And COVID uh, quarantine stuff, like, yep. to be where they're at with everything they've already went through kind of feels like you might have survived the the wave already. Yep. And now you're, you can, like, you're in a good position to coast into the postseason. So, yeah, well-deserved. I think he's had a phenomenal year. I still just remember that stretch of games where he had buzzer beaters in, like, two nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, that was It insane. was just crazy, yeah. But, no, he's been great. Well, he was the first player in NBA history to have buzzer beater game winners in two, two in two consecutive games that were in two consecutive days. Mm, back to back nights, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. wild. Yeah, um, yeah. And what's even crazier is that one of those games was on on New Year's Eve, and the other was on New Year's Day. So. <laughs> They happen in separate years, technically. You're right. But they were that's on a like good trivia. Yeah. yeah. Which player on consecutive nights in separate years? Yeah. Do you watch the All Star game or no? I will because he's starting. Levine will be there, and Io sure. will be. He'll. I'm sure Io will be there. He won't be playing in that one, but um, yeah, I'll definitely be checking in for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's our that's our news. We got one more segment for you before we finish up, and that segment is draft days. With the uh, 
third choice in the 2002 draft, the Detroit Lions suggest, select Joey Harrington, quarterback from Oregon. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Things just got interesting. It has been a while since we've done one of these draft days. So what is our category we're picking from today? Yeah, I'm excited to do this again. I When you mentioned it before the show, I honestly... I honestly had kind of forgotten about the segment because um, we've been do- so busy doing Mad Libs and things like that. So I do like this segment a lot, and I'm glad we're bringing it back. Uh, maybe we'll start incorporating it a little bit more. Um, well, today for our topic here, because the Winter Olympics are starting in the wonderful democratic free land of China on Thursday, February 3rd, um, I, I figured that we could do something Olympics related. And even though the Winter Olympics did not exist when the first Olympics happened in ancient Greece, the original ancient Greek Olympics were competed when all of the athletes were naked. Oh, yeah. Completely nude, flopping around in the breeze. Mm. Um, and so I thought that we could, for our draft days select our top five winter olympic events to compete in the nude okay so we need to flip a coin uh, i've got it right here all right uh heads uh, or tails well i feel like tails has been failing lately in nfl overtimes so i'm Does gonna go like heads it. all right let's see it is It is heads. Yes. You might be on to something. Uh-huh. All right. Have well, you speaking actually of getting seen, on something. Oh. Have you actually seen some of the stuff about how... Have you actually seen some of the stuff about how the NFL coin they use for the Super Bowl... It's heavier tech- on one side? Yeah. yeah. Last year, I remember... I forget which one it was, but I saw the numbers about which side was heavier, and that was like a bet I placed, and that's like one of the only bets I didn't win in the Super Bowl. And I was really upset because I was like, oh, I have insider information. The coin's heavier on this side. That's funny. Yeah. Um, All right. So, I won, right? (laughs) Yes. So, you're going first. Yeah. All right. So, I'm trying to find a list of all of, like, the winter events so I don't miss I'm dropping it in the comments here. You're putting some of the comments? Follow that link. Oh, you found the link? Yes, this is a schedule on Olympics.com for all the events coming up. Olympics.com. I wish I would have thought of that. (laughs) I wish we would have bought that domain. Olympics.com. All right. That can't. Is that really it? That's what I wasn't sure. That feels like not many at all. Like, there's not even, like. Oh, I guess there's figure skating on there. I couldn't think of any that weren't on here. It seemed light, but I was as I read through it, I was like, I can't think of any that aren't on here. So there's definitely fewer events. Yeah, for, than the summer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and start. I kn- I definitely know one I wanted to do, and that oh, is don't take it, don't take it. The biathlon. 
Oh, that's a good call. Um, With the guns, right? There would be nothing better than cross-country skiing for miles on end, completely (laughs) naked, and then having to crouch down and fire a gun while your other gun is hanging down below. (laughs) You're dangling your angle into a snowbank while you're shooting a gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be good. Um, All right. I'm going to go curling. Because similar to me, nothing sounds more exhilarating than sliding down the ice in like a full squat, <laughs> dragging the boys down <laughs> down the surface of the ice. Uh, See, so yeah, I'm going to go curling. Mm. And the back and forth scraping with the brushes was always kind of provocative anyway. Yeah. So, All right. So the next one here, um, I think this would be like very exhilarating like adrenaline rush to the max and i think it it increases even more your adrenaline does when you are completely nude and exposed and you have your family jewels to protect and that would be the skeleton (laughs) that's what i yeah i was thinking that one too so let me look at this one especially because you kind of have to like arch your back up when you go down it like you're really you're really kind of putting it out there it's kind of like the you know how golfers will like lick their finger and hold it to see which way the wind's <laughs> blowing. It's kind of like you're doing that, <laughs> but with your body. <laughs> yeah, that one. I don't know. That's a weird event. So I'm gonna pick one similar to that because I have the same thought. The luge, where you like just slide down the. Uh huh. Um, the skeleton was just always unique to me. Um. But yeah, that one's one I thought too, like sliding down the ice on your bare back <laughs> completely naked yes. is a very compromising position for, for something to be pinched or trapped or, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a lot of respect for people compete, uh, compete in this event. For sure. Um, okay. So how many have we each picked? We've each picked two. Two. Yep. All right. Um, I'm thinking... Now, there's different, I think there's different subgroups to this, which is why I'm a little surprised that, I wonder if I click on the one, if it's going to show me subgroups, I'm just curious. Hold on. I'm really surprised it's not, okay, yeah, it is, okay. So, so just so you know, if you want to click on different events, it might show you other subgroup events that they do. Okay. So, for me, I'm going to do the men's alpine skiing slalom. Why why men's specifically, might I ask? (laughs) I mean, well, no, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah. um, Because that's what... I mean, I'm obviously a man. I wouldn't really be able to hide it, so... Um, <laughs> but but the slalom that's the one when you kind of like they move their feet side to side a bunch through those like flags or whatever right yeah and it, that yep. wouldn't be the only flag that'd be going back and forth <laughs> oh, yeah. as i as i going back and forth <laughs> with my body so nice um, it would be kind of fun <laughs> that would be good um i'm gonna go here with ski jumping because nothing is more majestic than a ski jump with your body like at that angle projecting forward um 
wind blowing, things flapping free. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think uh-huh. that'd just be quite a sight. Uh-huh. For sure. And imagine if you did... Yeah, it would just be... If you did a 360, you could look like a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like on your back, helicopter (laughs) propeller. (laughs) I feel like that should be extra points. Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) To impress a chick. Helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um... All right. I know one that I'm not going to select. Okay. And that is going to be playing goalie in an ice hockey game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, um, that would be so bad. Uh, yeah. I, I think what I am going to do, though, is I think I'm going to do... Um, I think I'm going to do... Couples figure skating. Nice. Because here's here's the catch. The catch is we never said everybody's nude. We said we are nude. Okay. So I the way I'm envisioning this is mm. my 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 skating partner is in her leotard of some sort, and yep. I'm just <laughs> butt naked out <laughs> on the ice <laughs> next to her as we complete our routine and. <laughs> Let's just say, like, <laughs> things might get a little awkward when, like, she tries, when I try to, like, dip her or whatever. Like, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and also, another opportunity to look kind of like a helicopter <clears throat> as you spin around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. My next one I'm going to do is the bobsled. Um because I've always thought it was a cool event anyway. And have you seen the angle of the camera when you're first get, getting ready to push the sled and you're like back and forth yeah. and it's right behind you oh, yeah. as you're bent over moving the sled? I just think that would be electric. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> full moon in the camera. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right we just have one more. All right, so, um, my final one here is, as much as I love ice hockey, I just don't see many benefits to (laughs) playing it in the nude. Um, So, I'm going to do speed skating (laughs) in Mm. the nude. Um, Be more aerodynamic. Yeah, I know, yeah. I think the the intensity okay and i love like when you see all like when they go around the bend and they all like bend super low down and their hands are on the ice mm-hmm. as they you know like i don't know there's just something to that doing it <laughs> be naked. something else on the ice yeah <laughs> propping yourself up <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> you feel me you feel me that's right so speed skating that's good i'll uh, be Mar- the uh Everyone will be saying Apollo Anton. Oh no! But for something <laughs> oh, else, no. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those events that I actually, yeah, I I associate him with the event. Yeah. To where, like, when it comes to Winter Olympics, there's not a ton of people who 
are super Sean memorable. White. Yeah, like Sean White or uh, who's the, the female? Yeah, skier. Yeah, or skateboarder or whatever. Yeah, like so he's one of the few guys where I actually recognize them. So Patrick Kane. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay. For my last event, I am going to do the. Huh. We've covered a lot of them. Honestly. We have covered a lot that are on this list. I'm just going to do the classic snowboard. Nice. Like the half pipe. You're already doing ski jumping, so you might as well do it with the snowboard yeah, too. But I think too, the whole like where you like bend down and grab the board with one hand and like kick it up or back or whatever. I just think I could really impress the audience with some very graphic <laughs> angles of things yeah. that would uh yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the half pipe. You'd more like have mm. your whole pipe out. Yeah. <laughs> half mast, yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to these Olympic events for sure. Yeah. Are you hoping they're going to be performed in the nude? I would prefer it be more interesting, yeah. Especially, like, do you remember the men's curling team that won a gold for the U.S. in the last Winter Olympics? Mm-hmm. How they're, like, a bunch of, like, big guys from Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be... It's basically, interesting. Hey, if we can, if, if Richie was a little bit bigger of a guy, the three of us could basically we can pull that off. Win a gold medal. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the training looks like for that. Like you're obviously training year round, but also I would like to ask why ice fishing is not a Winter Olympic sport. Because it'd be super boring. <laughs> you could have cameras under the water and stuff. Nobody though. said you had to watch it. Like nobody <laughs> watches the Olympic marathon. In the yeah, that's Olympics. true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, cameras under the water, that'd be dope. If they found a way to put a camera on like the string that you drop through the mm. hole in the ice, mm-hmm. that would be... All right, I choose naked ice fishing. <laughs> You're just crouched down on the ice for hours. <laughs> Balls freeze to the top of the lake. <laughs> you rip them off like in A Christmas Story. <laughs> I also think Good they times. should do snowball fighting. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I mean, as we're looking at this, they don't have a lot of events. They should yeah. definitely add three or four. Snowman yep. building. Mm-hmm. Snow angel. <laughs> Naked snow angels. <laughs> face down. That'd be great. I mean, the thing. Oh, you do face down. Yeah. Well, even if you did it the other way. Your angel would have a very distinct butt crack. <laughs> or you do face down. What's that yeah. hole there? Right. <laughs> so what have we added so far? Snowball fighting, ice fishing, snowman building, and snow angels. Let's try to think. What's one more we could add? Um, I have a suggestion. Broom ball. Oh, broom ball's good. Um, my suggestion was going to be driving. <laughs> freshly fallen snow yeah it's like freshly fallen snow just on a highway yeah. everybody's in a semi <laughs> and you're on a, a single lane road well, Go. You're either in a semi or like an, a front wheel drive only car and you're with tires, huge ditches on each side and your tires have to be balded too <laughs> like that'd be sweet <laughs> yeah and it's a manual transmission yeah. and and if you 
I'm trying to, and, and I think they could add an extra challenge, like, like along the way. <clears throat> Somehow they need to incorporate it that along the way they get a flat tire and they have to change a flat in the middle of a mm, blizzard, naked, and then <laughs> finish their drive. Yeah, yeah, and it'd be like yeah, a twenty mile race or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> I would, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> so these are all free ideas, Olympic Committee. You're welcome, China. Exactly. All right. Well, let's finish up with our uh, airing of grievances. You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku. Yeah, so I'll just get through mine really quickly. The drive to Colorado again was rough. Um, beat up all night. Also, has messed my sleep schedule up for like the whole week. So that's cool. Which is why um, we're up very late tonight recording this. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not tired at all because I was just sleeping up till this afternoon. Um, Red Wings playoff hopes continue to fade every day with another loss, um, which my expectations weren't super high. We're still coming out of a rebuild, have a lot of young players. So I'm not super upset. But it just gets disappointing where at some point can one of my teams just make the playoffs. It's been years since any Detroit teams have even made the playoffs. Um, I just need some kind of meaningful postseason game where I don't have to pick a team to root for. Um, And it doesn't look like it's hockey this year. So um, also we got a bottle of wine from our neighbors because we moved to the neighborhood and they said, oh, welcome. Here's a bottle of wine and a card and all this stuff right so that was nice this is the worst wine i've ever tasted and i looked and it's like fairly expensive but it tastes like cardboard and buttered toast like very specifically tastes like buttered toast where my wife and i both said like she said to me separately without me saying at first this tastes like toast Um, i don't know what it's got like different spices and stuff in it it's just such a bizarre flavor. It's really bad. I want to go try it again, though, just because it doesn't taste at all what you would think it would taste like. It's weird. <laughs> um, is there a, but it's is like, there like a fruity flavor at all? No. Huh. It tastes like you're eating like cardboard with crumbs from the bottom of the toaster on it. Like, is it at least like cinnamon raisin toast? Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. It doesn't like it doesn't taste like at all what you would expect it to taste like. So it's like a. It's like messes with your senses. It's really weird. And I'm not a huge wine drinker. I drink wine maybe like once a year. Um, and I like it, but I just don't drink it enough to like know the different flavors and all that. You know, like I usually just drink like a beer or some kind of other alcohol. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just not enough of a wine snob to appreciate the mulch that I was clearly ground into this. I don't drink wine. I usually just drink scotch. Right. The night before <laughs> I'm more of a bourbon man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah. My butler mixes me old fashions <laughs> and Long Islands each that evening. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's my grievances. All right, well, mine is uh, one, sounds like I'm a little kid, but basically, I in the, in the summer, I blew my nose and I, like, popped open, like, an air vessel 
to my eye, which got yeah. infected, and I had pink eye in the summer. Well, amidst me having COVID and everything else, I was blowing my nose a lot, and apparently I popped it again, and I got pink eye. Well, the thing is, is that in that eye, since I had had it happen before, I like knew what to do, and so I had it, and it went away within like two days. It wasn't okay. too bad. Yeah. But because I'm an idiot, I decided on the, the one day I went to work out. And to work out, instead of wearing glasses, I wear contacts. And so, like an idiot, I put my contact into my previously infected eye. And then I took my con- my contact from my other eye and put that one in. Well, I touched that contact now with the finger that touched the infected contact. Yeah. And so, I infected my eye that was uh... never infected in the first place. So double now, pink eyes well no it's not double because the one that got it first is like fine now so this one should be good in like another day or two though if i'm hoping if it works like the other one did i'm hoping so mm-hmm. it's just it's just an like pink eye as a kid it it's probably more annoying for the parents just be like don't touch like don't touch your eye or whatever as yeah. an adult it's just it's just like, like this, mm-hmm. feels, this is so stupid like it's not like it really sap, zaps your energy or anything. Like, I feel pretty much normal. It's just like my eyes feel like goopy all the time. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of sucks. And the worst part about getting pink eyes as a kid is all the jokes about people saying it's because you're eating butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would actually explain a lot for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um my other grievance is Chicago Sports Radio. I mm. love 670 The Score. I do. I've listened <clears throat> to 670 The Score ever since the beginning of high school, I think, pretty much. Yep. Like, basically for me, when I was in middle school was when I discovered the sports page on the newspaper, and I would read it every morning. And then as I got older, I... Like, the sports page wasn't enough for me. And then I discovered that some of the writers that were on the sports page were then also calling into this radio station. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I can hear their voice and hear their thoughts Mm -hmm. and, like, hear some of the same points they brought up on the newspaper, on the radio, and all this stuff. And so I started listening to that. I started really liking some of the hosts that were there, yada yada and even to this day i really do like the lineup of hosts that 670 the score has mully and haw in the morning bernstein and rahimi in the late morning uh then i think it's like noon to two is lawrence holmes and then two to six is parkins and spiegel i i have my own rankings for them it's not really that important for me to rank them right now but i like them all i don't dislike Mm -hmm. any of them but lately with the Bears, I, I think the Bears have broken them because pretty much every pairing, every radio show on 670 The Score has been just more extremely negative Nancys. Mm-hmm. And it's just almost to the point of where it's demoralizing and... It's frustrating because I like to listen to them, but it's like I can't listen to you just complain and moan about this all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to find like instead I'm going to listen to some Bears podcasts where people are 
sharing more unbiased opinions and have a general overall sense of positivity about it. Um, I, 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 again, I like 670 score and I like the hosts and I do think they're well-intentioned. I don't think they're on there to bash the bears, but I think so many of these people have been covering the bears for so long. And you look at Mully and Haw who like started their journalism careers, like during the Ditka era and Dan Bernstein also like, these mm-hmm. guys have been covering the Bears for, you know, 30, 40 years almost, you know, not 40, just 30 years. And it's yeah. like they've seen it all and they've seen the endless cycle. Like they've probably jaded by it. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. It's just frustrating because I guess what's frustrating is so many people listen to them and take their word as truth. And people have to realize, like, what is spoken by them is their opinion like yeah. that. And if you listen to a podcast, that is also someone's opinion. And if you would like to have the opinion of being pessimistic about the Bears, being upset they didn't interview Harbaugh and whatever else, then that's your own prerogative. But please understand that like, when David Haw, who I really like and really respect a lot of his things, when he says he's very disappointed in the Bears for not interviewing Harbaugh, like, don't take that as like, oh, David Haw says that the Bears... Like, basically, people are taking things these radio hosts are saying that are their opinion and reporting them as, like, it's a source. Like, David Haw might say something like, oh, you know, the Bears... I um, believe it was a failure for them to not interview Harbaugh. And in the interview, the Bears failed by not interviewing Harbaugh. Exactly. You know? (laughs) And it snowballs into these, these, um, these articles and these posts and everything where people are just jumping to these conclusions that were never meant to be jumped into. So for me, it's a combination of the hosts kind of having a more pessimistic point of view right now. And they're criticizing very menial things. Like mm-hmm. they're criticizing like Eberflus's voice cadence, the way he was dressed and like <laughs> his hits acronym and, Ryan Poles being uncomfortable speaking to the media or whatever. like It's like, give us some time. Those will all be things to criticize if they lose. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so it's just fr- it's just a little frustrating because I like them and I want to like them, but they're, they're just in a ne- negative place right now. And we just mm-hmm. need catch them when they're talking about the Bulls because they're really good when <laughs> they talk about the Bulls right now. Yeah, I love sports radio. There's a station I grew up, like, we're really similar on this. Like, when we first started loving sports, for me, it was listening to sports radio. And, like, every day during the the year, and then at my first jobs, listening to it, like, secretly, (laughs) you know, like, stuff like that. Like, I grew up listening to sports radio. And so there's several hosts on 97.1, the Detroit station that I love, I've listened to for years, like, decade or more now. Um and there's just certain topics, though, where I've had to kind of be like, well, it just irritates me too much to listen to them talk about this, whether it's the Stafford thing or whether it's, you know, Michigan versus Michigan State. And it's like, man, I love this person when they talk Detroit sports, but they're a Michigan State fan. And it's like, sometimes that's fun. And the rivalry talk, that gets me fired up. But then other times it's like, all right, it's too much. I got to just take a step back, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I've had to try to learn to know which topics I can and can't. <laughs> hear them on so good for stafford by the way mm, i'm just so happy for him yeah <laughs> yeah no, we'll break hear- that down more on our next episode yeah, i'm we, sure we but. for sure can obviously you've shared your problems with lions fans saying it <sighs> i have a big 
I, I have a big question why so many Bears fans are saying it. Like, so many of them are like, oh, good for Stafford. Like, it's so nice to see him succeed out, out from under that. the Lions and whatever. It's like, he was... He beat up on the Bears a lot early in his career. Like I hate that. And to me, that makes me like it makes it worse. It's like the fact that that you can be happy for him after you leave. Like that, it should make me as a Lions fan feel bad. I wanted us to be good enough that you hated him. You know, right. but like with Rodgers, and I know the the Packers are always gonna be a bigger rival for you than the Lions, regardless. But like I wanted you, us to be good enough. And beat yep. you enough yep. that Bears fans are happy to see him go and exactly. hate and hate him. If Bears fans can root for him once he's gone, that means he didn't do good enough. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so exactly, yeah. Well, cheer up, man in the Michigan hat. You know what they say. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Hey, always look on the bright side of life. Always and that is what we are frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or our email, frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you wanted to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday, unless I'm on a long road trip. Everywhere you can get podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, Consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for one-time donations. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is how much I think that su- the super fancy wine my neighbors gave me is worth, makes a big difference for us. We should appreciate your support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. That's right. And go Rams. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, so they'll never make their money back. Oh.